comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode 235. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube, your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Tonight's episode, St. Elsewhere. So, I've listened to a couple of recent episodes. I know, shocking, isn't it? And I decided that the uh, the the guttural tonight's episode was completely out of whack. It needed well, to be more like uh, George Lowe. Was that him? What's that his is name? George Lowe. Okay. But, but it needs you know, to be the, more. It needed to be more Lowey. The first kind. The first couple of times yeah. that he did that, it, it was pretty. Because I, I decided Alan that part one. Yeah, I decided that you know Alan part one was not it, and what was better for the show was more like Alan part one. All right, let's Much see. like tonight's Saint Elsewhere. I'm gonna. I like the way I did that. I'm gonna call that up for so people can hear what we're doing. Aqua Unit Patrol Squad One. Tonight's episode, Alan Part One. So that's where we got that. What would I give for that man's vocal From the Aqua cords? Unit Patrol Squad. All right, welcome so to episode 235. Yes. We are still diminished by Frank's absence, Frank but uh, we will have him back one of these days. Here. As most people know, we record two episodes at a time. And uh, Bill and I had planned on recording one episode that dealt with our top five or six albums of all time. Mm-hmm. And as it is, as we are wont to do... We let things get away from us. No. Yeah. So we're just going to continue and make this a part uh, two. So to recap, um, Bill's two albums that he's mentioned already were what? Boss Nova by the Pixies and Midnight Marauders, the greatest hip-hop album ever by the Tribe Called Quest. Okay. And mine, my two were... In chronological order, um, from the year 1987, two of the first two of my six would be U2's The Joshua Tree and Prince uh, Sign of the Times. Hard to argue Sign with those, sir. Do I like this? Even if this? it is entirely subjective. Yes, I like this. The kids are sitting with us right now because they're eating <sighs> smoothies, and since we have new carpet, we're not letting them eat smoothies, which stain carpet instantly. You know, if you had gotten, new carpet. If you had gotten black carpet then you wouldn't right. have an issue. Or if we'd gotten strawberry red carpet, yeah, that would also have been just fine. 
Or you could that would have been cagey. You could have put linoleum in there. Yeah, and just you know, we thought about just leaving, just leave, just like painting the pulling up, pulling, just leaving just, the concrete, painting the foundation. I got you. Yeah, we thought about doing that, and then we said no. Our kids slammed the turf far too often to uh, have no padding at all down there. I know you laugh, you laugh, Sage, but but you know I'm telling the truth, right? Yeah, okay, you we're do. just going to get yeah. right into this again. All right, and uh, I'll go first oh, since you went first. When last we left time. off, yes, uh, you were talking about your parents' music, and we were talking about how you got into hip hop, yes, and R and B and stuff, yes. And um, you noted that your parents had a wide, diverse range yes. of uh, of of musical taste, yes. My parents, I don't know if they had a wide range. And, of course, my parents were of the age, I guess kind of like yours were. They they were 20 in 1968. They should have been hippies, but they weren't. Really? Um, well, I mean, if you're 20 in 1968, you probably should have been a hippie, right? Okay. I mean, I guess there's nothing saying yeah. that you have to be a hippie. Right. I'm not moving trying to say the, that. Moving into the 70s, yeah. yes. But at that age and that time, you know, summer of love was coming up. I made the summer of love by three months. Uh, I was too young to uh, know it. But uh, my parents listened to a lot of that hippie music. Yeah. Uh, they listened to a little Cat Stevens. Oh, man. Cat Stevens was a huge player in my house. Uh, I still got most of their albums. Uh, Waylon and Willie, Outlaws. Uh, um, I mean, just just all sorts of nonsense like that. And uh, when I took over uh, the other uh, record player, we're talking about uh, Super Tramp and Star Wars uh, soundtrack and you know things in that vein. Lots of Super Tramp, though. Although, oddly enough, none of those, uh, uh, not one Super Tramp album is in my top five. With that, all right, I got that off my chest, and I think I've uh, completed my pact to the audience of my promised continuation from the end of the last episode. So, Brad, my okay. apologies back to you. No problem. I'm done hijacking. Let's just get right back into this. My third album on my top six, it chronologically came out, uh, it's... I'm not sure about this, but I think it may be accurate. Uh, in 1991, okay, and I'm I'm just gonna hit you with okay. This is another this one. Is Pat of, Benatar. This is another one of my favorite. No, it's not my best shot. Okay, this is another one of my favorite bands, and their first two albums are neck and neck for me. But I don't want to include two albums from the same band on my top list. I, I kind of figure that much like you cannot do a greatest hits album, you can't have two albums in your top five by I the think, same band. I think that's important. You have to split it up. Um, I became aware of this group shortly before their second album okay. was released. So I'm I'm digging in my I, memory banks trying to figure this out. I got to I got familiar with this band by listening to their first and second albums about the same time. Okay. So, so, I had to pick one over the other. Yeah. And I think I'll just jump right in with if you're going to if you're going to have known what this is, you will you will know. We've talked about it on the show. This will not be any surprise to you. Okay. Fire up, man. Oh. Mm. Sounds so good. It's obviously. Oh my goodness. Jerry was a race car driver. Oh my goodness. From Primus. Uh, the album name is Sailing the Seas of Cheese. I just absolutely love this. I'm just going to pull it up. That's a six string bass, by the way, he's playing. If you were, if you were Will Ferrell saying grace at the dinner table, I would be your John C. Riley going, mmm, 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 mmm. I feel you. 
That's a six-string fretless bass he's playing. I love this song. Les Claypool is like one of a kind. He's just like an amazing bass player. And get this. Yes. When when Metallica had their bass player turnover a few yeah. years back when Jason Newstead left. Right. And I think... New kids split on him. The guy from uh, Suicidal Tendencies joined. Mm-hmm. I, I think they switched bands, actually. Okay. Wow. Uh, uh, Les tried, tried out for Metallica. Okay. Really? Yeah. And they basically said, dude, you're operating on a whole nother level. Holy cow. Hey, listen, check it out. Here we go. Go! You either get Primus or you don't. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Tommy the Cat is another one that you're going to know if you know... Their first album was called Suck on This. Okay. No, I beg your pardon. That was their... Their first I, album I was techni- Frizzle Fry. Their first studio album was Frizzle Fry. Yeah. Suck on This was like a, a live yes. album that came out before exactly right. the studio album. Yes. And how would you classify Primus? I don't know. They're like... it's There's there's some <laughs> funk to it. Um, there's... The dude is like an amazing funk bass player. Yeah. But then, I mean, what, you wouldn't call this singing, you know? It's, it's a three and It's, it's not rap, it's, group. it's more spoken word. That is, yeah. But he does sing. And again, if if you know Primus, you love him. And if you don't know Primus, I just feel sorry for him. And you. thank you for playing my two favorite Primus songs of all time. Not that yeah. the rest are bad, but both of these songs just... Oh, they sing to me. Let me just play a... Uh, Frizzle Fry got me through uh, Full Sail uh, back in Orlando in 1991. Listen to this this lick right here. I just can't imagine I, what I he's do doing. That. It's easy. And then... Uh, <laughs> here's a, all, the, all of Primus' songs are based around Les's bass guitar. Okay. They're just written around it. I mean, he the 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 six string guitar is there for atmosphere. Right. It's not there for rhythm. It's not there for melody. No. In fact, that's one of the things I've always liked about Primus is that there's there's so much dissonance in their music. Yeah. Um, much like uh, one of my uh, um, probably my sixth uh, favorite album um, is extremely dissonant. And if we get to it, we get to it. And if not, I'll uh, I don't know. Somebody ask me about it on a forum, and I'll answer. This is called Sergeant Baker. There's a little intro there. Let me get let me get into the good part here. Man, we we saw them a month or so ago, and this song. I mean, of all the yeah. songs that Primus played, when when that bass line kicked off, the entire crowd just started just, bouncing. Yeah, yeah, it was just like this. It was so cool, man. It was pretty awesome. I mean, this it was amazing to me that this was the song that got the most, you know, the most cheers as the song started. Oh, yeah. It's called but, Sergeant Baker. But, yeah. I love this group. It's just amazing. 
Do you think there are people out there listening to this podcast that were not born when this album came out? Sure, of course. It's 1991. That's this amazing. Is a, this is a 20-year-old. Oh, gosh, you're right. Lady, but yeah, it's 20 years old. God, this album is 20 years old. Just a bit. How? Yes. This is this is classic rock, Brad. What's happened to us? I think what is what is classic? <laughs> does it like twenty five years? Does well, that make I mean, classic? a classic car is twenty years old. Twenty, okay. So I thought I, it was twenty five. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they've. Uh, you Regardless, know, right? If it's not now. Five years from now, this will be classic rock. Jeez. So anyway, amazing, just amazing. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna indulge a little bit, and I'm gonna play just one or two snippets of their of the other album, the Frizzle Fry. Yeah, because they're so alike each other all the uh i mean you can definitely tell the the, the second album sailing the seas of cheese is a little bit fatter sonically the the first album there's more a little more sparseness between bits of music this is from their first album it's called john the fisherman and this Yo, is johnny yeah. m's preference this is a uh, theme song i guess this yeah peter griffin theme song yeah yeah Sage is loving that smoothie, dude. <laughs> yeah. The kids that love the smoothie. I'm listening to the guitars. Me, 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 me. That's all the guitar. I mean, the song, the meat is that bass riff. Oh, yeah. And just that's one of the things I've always loved about Primus is that they kind of flip the script, and that yes, the bass is the lead instrument and the guitar is uh, supplemental. Oh, it's yeah. it's almost Rush like, which is not surprising because Les Claypool is an admitted Rush sicko. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's sick for letting that for getting that sweet Rickenbacker. Listen, here he goes. This is another one from Frizzle Fry. I guess I'm cheating because I'm playing songs from two different albums, but like yeah. I said, they're so similar and tied in for me, but if I had to pick one, it, it would be Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And that album is so good that on one of their tours, not the one we saw, obviously, but a few years back, yep, 10 years after that album was released, maybe, okay. maybe it was 15, 12 years after that album was they went out on a Sailing the Seas of Cheese tour. They've had <laughs> several albums before then. Yeah. I mean, since then. But among the songs that they played was that whole album from front to back. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, like that they did been, two sets. That would have been great, man. One set was that entire album. Mm -hmm. And then they had like a little intermission. Yes. And then another set was several other of their songs at the 1987 texas jam uh the headliner boston played their entire third stage album and then yep. came back uh after a uh, break to play uh hits and uh the so it's almost the exact same thing the only difference is that uh boston's th third stage that sucks it wasn't as good no and their i'm first so, hey album? i'm sorry we promised not to to make any kind of uh you know value judgments on their first album so. boston is definitely in my top and I've got like a hundred albums I can include. They, oh yeah. But I definitely would put their first album in like the top twenty-five albums. They were expert of all time. song craftsmen. And uh, personally, if I had to go to a desert island with a Boston album, if you made me put a gun to my head, said you're going to the desert island, dude, and uh, you can pick one of these two Boston albums, I'd probably take "Don't Look Back." 
but it's all good. Uh, that's a good one, too. It's all good. All right, all your good. turn. And it's probably just because I, I haven't heard Don't Look Back five billion times like I have heard uh, um, I have heard Boston's first album, like anybody has. Um, my third album, and again, these are not necessarily in order for me. They're certainly not in chronological order. Um, this album, um, my mom always kind of tripped out that I listened to this band because she thought that the music was, and again, we're using this, I'm using this word again, dissonant. She found the music dissonant, the chord progressions, uh, a lot of minor chord progressions, a lot of jazz influences, uh, a lot of very impeccably produced and recorded music. Um, these guys, uh, they started out as a true band. They became basically a studio entity. Then they broke up. They came back many years later and have basically been together ever since and having a hard time figuring out which one of these I liked, uh, which one of these albums I would choose from this band. And this band wasn't in my original top five list. And I finally said, dude, if, if you have any self-respect one of these songs will be in your top five list and so i've included this one and play dude i love this song oh yeah i forget the name of the band though is it steely dan this is steely dan sir man this is uh this is their final original album uh, Gaucho after Gaucho came out in 1980 they broke up and we didn't see hide and hair of them for almost a decade uh, we were very lucky so um, you like 99% of the songs on this album oh my heavens yes there's only six songs in the album. Oh, okay okay uh, because uh, the songs there's three songs on each side because the songs are fairly long and because Steely Dan was never one to do long albums so you're looking at a yeah, you're looking at a 40-minute album, you know, tops. The, back in the days when mm-hmm. an album was sure. 36 to 40 minutes, that was fairly standard. Because the cassette these days, tape got wieldy after that. <laughs> yeah, no It really doubt. did. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely true. Uh, also, oh, my gosh. I just, I, That's and, you know, stuff, I, could, I could play music off every one of their albums. Uh, one of my, I think, uh, what I think is interesting to me is that my two favorite Steely Dan songs, neither which are on this album. Mm. Um, one of them is uh, is this song, which is oddly enough off a soundtrack and a greatest hits album. I love this song, man. Can't place it. Listen to that guitar. I know. As I I've always loved it. the production values on Steely Dan albums. Um, that's one of the things that's so great about them is everything is so perfect. And live, they sound great too. Have you ever seen this movie? Oh, right. I, I need to fill is. you in on what song this is. I don't too. know what this is. This is the title track to the movie FM. Never heard of it. Really? Really? Uh, this song, uh, this movie, and I'm Wait. trying to remember... I've, I know that oh, little. You've heard. This I know song. that bit there. Oh, you've heard this yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but. Ugh, I no, want to sing along to this song so bad, but I'll just embarrass are, myself and the and the listening audience. There are. Um. But Josie, the, there off, are plenty of, of songs from mm-hmm. the seventies. Yeah. That are that that definitely deserve. 
being made fun of. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a lot of 70s music that is just sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, um, uh, you know, most of Led Zeppelin's catalog, you know, could have uh, I mean, even schmaltzy. Favorite. Air quotes. Mm-hmm. Schmaltzy. Yeah. Music like s- some of this is just smooth, man. It's just yeah. awesome. Um, there's there was a lot of schmaltzy music from the '70s that I did not mind. A lot of that, uh, not necessarily disco stuff, but the pop music that was coming out around that time that was kind of infected with disco tendencies. Because unless you wanted to live in a vacuum, that's how it went. Hey, Man, I got this, this freaking sax solo here. And so I'm totally cheating too because this is not on. This is not on Gaucho. Not even close. It's a, the only place you can find this is I assume there's a soundtrack to the movie FM. I've never seen it. Never heard it. This is uh, this song is off of uh, Steely Dan Gold, which is a uh, a best of album. Let me play one of my uh, a right. bit from one of my favorite '70s songs. And we out. Is this time in a bottle? Oh my goodness! Wow, Jim Croce. See, and I grew up on. Stuff. I grew up on all this. This here's another silly one. Cat Stevens and Seals and Croft, Summer Breeze, and yeah, a horse with no name. Yeah, so good. Who was that Stephen Stills? Who was America? That? America, which I think Stephen Stills was in. Um, so yeah. Through the desert on a horse with no name. So, uh, stretching the bounds of top five albums, kind of almost more, you know, Gaucho almost got in on a lifetime, lifetime achievement. Yeah, award. yeah, it was one of those where they've the band is one of my top five. There's no album that's a bad choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Gaucho, which may be my favorite choice. Uh, and they've, by the way, uh, Steely Dan has come out with uh, what three albums in the last uh, ten years or so. That are all pretty magnificent. Really? Um, yeah. I don't think I've heard any of their new stuff. Um, if you do go out and pick up any of their new stuff, expect it to sound like Steely Dan. Expect it to be dang good. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's not, maybe not, maybe it's not as fresh as uh, Asia or the Royal Scam or Gaucho or, well, heck, you know, Katie Light. I, I, okay, I'm, now I'm just, now I'm doing the Graham Chapman right. thing. I'm just, you know, coming up with a thesaurus uh, <laughs> you know, skit here. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, um, so Steely Dan, Gaucho, thank you for being a part of my life. Cool. Next on my list is an album from 1996. This group Ooh. had two albums. This is their first one. Their second album, I didn't care for as much. There's some good stuff on it. But then, to my knowledge, after that second album, they split. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, I think... Like, again, I don't, I don't know my history, but I think... Is it Junkie XL? No. Okay. The lead singer and the guitar player have moved on to, to do a thing together, but it's not this band. Hmm. This Well, you're album, not talking about The Who, no. so I'm confused. This album, the name of this album, and there will be a few of you I know that actually listen to this podcast will know who this is by the name of the album. Okay. The name of the album is Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy. I've done 200 some odd of these with you, and I've never heard of that. Eric White just screamed and threw his hands (laughs) up in the air and went, yes! Uh, Dean Stahl, I believe, also would be doing that. Uh, The name of this band is The Refreshments. 
And this is just like every song on this album it just yeah. slays me. It's just like a good laid back southern rock uh with a I don't want to say with a Mexican influence cuz that's not it at all, but just a almost like a a little more rock um okay. Jimmy Buffett type of general feel to the whole thing. Very good. They had this song uh, was actually on one of the alternative rock stations, and I've played it for you before. It's called Banditos. Okay. It has a Star Trek The Next Generation reference in it, which is nice. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. And this album, I listen to it at least once a month. I seriously do, because it's that good. So just how far down do you want to go? Well, we could talk it out over a cup of joe, and you could look deep into my eyes like I was a supermodel. It's just got it's got that that jangly guitar in it. That's cool, man. Really clear bass sound to it. Let me get to the um, to the chorus. This song, like I said, this song got the most airplay off of the whole album. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, here we go. Going right into the chorus. Here we go. That's stuff. cool. Um, sometimes you're just in the mood for some straight ahead forward rock and roll. Yeah. No subtext. You know, you want major chord progressions. You want something to make you feel good, something to make you step mm-hmm. on the gas pedal. They've got that, and they've got some laid back stuff. Yeah. Here, I kind of put Collective Soul in that category. Here's the first track. This is how the album starts. All right. It's called Blue Collar Suicide. Oh, yeah. It's just crisp, clean guitar jangly really good production value on this album the guy's voice is it's kind of gritty kind of like he's straining i don't know it's just something about this man that just speaks to me that's cool and they're all fine musicians they I mean, they sound like they know exactly what they're doing yeah lots of upbeat stuff there's some laid back stuff They had like, like I said, they had two albums. The second album, there was a couple of good songs. There's twelve tracks on this, on this album, and uh, I listened to them all. This is kind of a funny song here. It's called Mexico. It's just like a generic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, the the fish. Yeah. yeah. I'll play just just a, a couple of lines from this because it, it's making fun of itself. This, this song I think they're from Southern California I think I could be wrong That was my next question Is this song about Old Mexico or New Mexico? Another song about Mexico Here comes another song Got my lures Got my 
So he's just, you know, just chilling. You can yeah. see him hanging out in a hammock. But anyway, it's just some dang, dang good. That does have some Southern California yeah. tendencies now that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Just some really nice, some crisp blues and just yeah. good stuff. Yeah, now that you, when you mentioned that. generally uh, positive feel to the whole album. Well, it's got that kind of... Um, you can tell if these guys uh, grew up um, on a beach listening to the oh, Eagles. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. And I think my favorite Eagles song ever is South the Border, which dovetails with the, the whole Mexico thing. Anyway, I love it. That's and cool. Eric and Dean know what I'm talking about. They've got... Is that the... Uh, the uh, the uh, guitarist and uh, bassist for Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, it's them. The DeLeo brothers. Right. Yeah. Um, like I said, the, the bass. I mean, the um, the lead singer and, and the guitar player. I think it's the guitar player. They've gone on to to do uh, another thing called Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Okay. They do a lot of local shows all around. They play Love and War in Plano occasionally. Really? Yeah. And in fact, they on one of the recent jaunts around the country. They played this album from front to back oh, because wow. it's a it's a crowd favorite. Okay. And uh, anyway, that's the refreshments. Fizzy, no. fuzzy, big and buzzy. Nothing wrong with that. No, I like it. I'm no, just, it is definitely definitely one of my top, apparently top six of all time. Okay. Well, since you've got uh, top six, I had a top five. I'm gonna. I'm going to uh, throw a uh, change up here, and I'm going to insert this. We'll try to do this quickly, like that's going to happen. Um, this band uh, goes out to uh, my boy Des Reavy. How you doing ah. down under, brother? No one had a shrimp on a barbie. That's right. G'day, mate. Um, what other uh, tropes can we There is one. There is one album by this band that I think... Well, there's Men at Work? There's three albums by this band that are... That are fairly seminal. Is it Men at Work? No, it's not Midnight Oil either. Men at Work? Oh, men okay. at Work? No, it is neither Men at Work nor is it Midnight Oil nor is it Air Supply. Although that would be funny if I did. I know that. I used to have some oh, air supply. That'd be so funny if I if I actually put Air Supply in my top five. I used to have Air Supply. No, this uh, and and album came out in the eleventh grade. That was that was just driving and was amazing and was just seminal, and I had uh, I had heard the album that I'm about to play a song from you. Uh, uh, I had heard of it previously, but it didn't really catch in my brain pan until their next album, "Listen Like Thieves," came out. Ah, this in excess. Rock on, baby. Is this their first album? This is. They had a couple albums before this. This okay. is the album that kind of broke them. And I don't know. This is. This is. This is closes this album. This okay. may be my favorite single song of this album. Doesn't mean it's their best song. Let me skip ahead just a little bit. See if I can find the. See if I can find the chorus. But I, I, I'm, I'm just going to have to get to a point where I'm just comfortable with my own choices, and I'm not going to worry about 
what it says about me or what anybody else thinks of me because uh, that's probably a losing game. Um, so I love this song. Maybe my favorite song of this album. I don't know. I mean, Original Sin, What's the, name of that the album? One Thing. Um, actually, I'm sorry. Original Sin's not this album. Shabu Shuba, my man. Okay. This song is just greatness. It takes a couple seconds to kick in, but once it does... I own the NXS Grade 6 CD. Um, oddly enough, um, I'm sorry. That's what I'm taking this off of. Um, actually, this... What this is, is I made my own In Excess Best Of uh, album. Okay, okay. Um, but I took a lot of those cuts from the greatest hits. I do have Shabu Shuba. I do have Listen Like Thieves. I do have Kick. Uh, there was one or two albums before Shabu Shuba. I'm trying to remember uh, the names of those. And Original Sin came off one of those earlier albums. But okay. What's the name of this song? This is called Spy of Love, and I think it's about to kick into the chorus. It better kick in soon is all I have to say. Yeah. And, you I, know, I may have uh, played the uh, I may have played the wrong cut. I really dig Listen Like Thieves. Yeah. And Listen Like Thieves, that's the one. When that broke, yeah. I was a junior in high school. The timing was perfect. You're going out on dates. It's Friday night. Football game's over. And you've got freaking Listen Like Thieves, man. How great is that? I think you played the wrong track, didn't you? Yeah, I probably did. Oh, well. Um... It could have been, it could have been this song. There you go. Is this what you need? This is the one thing. That's right, the one thing. What you need is uh, the first track off "Listen Like Thieves," okay. which is also great. Yeah, this is a good tune. Anyway, so with so no with no apologies offered, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Shabu Shaba. Yep. Again, it's much like the dilemma I've had with Tribe Called Quest with the Pixies. You know. Flip a coin, flip a three or four sided coin to decide which of their albums is your favorite. Yeah. With me, it's clearly this because Listen Like Thieves may be a better album, but I've heard it so many times. See, let me let me let me say this. I had to fight myself to not include Michael Jackson's thriller on my list. Okay. Because it is it is definitely in my top ten. Cool. It definitely is. But I've heard it so many times that I haven't been listening to it lately. Yeah, I can play the whole thing in my head. I don't need to listen to it. <laughs> I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I am with many Rush albums. So it's it like, would. I, I haven't listened to one in years because I don't need to. It's definitely on my honorable mention list. Oh yeah. All right. And you know what? I, I don't. Um, uh, I didn't have that on my list. But if I had a Michael Jackson album on my list, I would probably uh, make it off the wall. Well, see, off the wall and Thriller are right there together. Yeah. Off the wall. Is one of the best produced albums oh of all time. Oh my god! It yes. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So again, that was. It's like yeah, these, I, all these people have one or two albums that are just yeah. competing with each other, and it's hard to make a decision. But you know, um, we're big boys, so we've got to do it. Wow, I've still got two albums left. Well, and we, not to mention the honorable mentions. We each have two albums left. Fantastic. Okay, this band currently is one of my favorite bands. Has been since I've heard of them back in 1999. Okay. They had, oh. they had two albums out before I ever heard of them. Okay. Uh, Dude, but, I know what this is. Yeah. Their radio hits are, are, are what sucked me in. And okay. then I bought this album. There's not a song on this album that I won't listen to. 
Is this album is this album title an acronym perchance? No. Really? Because that's the one that I would take to a desert island. That that was again, that one okay. and the one after it yes. are the two that were fought for okay. each other. But yeah. but this one I I never stop listening to it. Nice. I mean it's uh, well, I'll just, I, I get that too. Yeah, let me play the. Thanks to you, the one you're about to play is the first one I ever heard, and then I went back and heard the acronym album, and I don't, you know. I was going to play their big hit, but I'm going to play the way this. I'm going to play the first, tr- uh, the beginning of the first track. Sweet. The way this album starts off. Oh yes. <laughs> And I think this guy is one of, the, one of the most recognizable voices, you know, because yeah. I played something before and you recognized his voice. And you were like, I, that yeah. sounds like this band because of that guy's voice. Okay. And you were right. Ah. This song is yeah. called Privilege. Yeah, and, you uh, you get 100% credit for introducing me to these boys, and I think these boys are yeah. freaking awesome. Name this band is Incubus. Yeah. And this album is called Make Yourself. Let me just listen to this. This song's about voting, by the way. Really? Yeah. I've never the, listened to the lyrics that closely. Born, you were born free. Okay. That is your privilege. Okay. I see you in line dragging your feet. You have my sympathy. Um, <laughs> isn't it strange that the man standing in front of me doesn't have a clue why he's waiting or what he's waiting for? Okay. You know, it's like... It's like pe- people have voting is a is a privilege. Yes, you know, and not everybody in the world gets to vote on who their leaders are. Absolutely, and you're treating this like it's a chore. Yeah, it's an imposition on your time. Yeah, yeah. you should be happy that you have the ability to do this. That you have <laughs> the that you can do this when most of the world can't. Yeah, that's one thing I, I've always appreciated about Incubus since you hooked me up with them is that again, much like uh, Tribe Called Quest. They're a lot more intelligent, and they think a lot more about things than they could. Yeah. You know, because this could so easily just be mindless crotch rock. And this it would be is... crunchy and wonderful, but it's better because these guys are smart. Yeah. This is the song that, that just nailed me to the wall. Was this? Yeah. Pardon me. I don't, I don't blame you. And who's the who's the DJ for this band? It's not DJ Lethal. That's uh his name is Chris Kilgore. Does he have a DJ handle? DJ Kilgore. Okay. Yeah. DJ Lethal is um Limp Biscuit, isn't it? I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. But yes, this is uh continues the the brief hybridization of rock and hip hop where yeah. a rock band you know, back in the mid-80s, a rock band like Faith No More has a keyboardist. And about this time, about, about the turn of 2000, a rock band has a turntablist in it. Uh, Limp Bizkit was the same way. Incubus the same way. 
The song kills in concert too. Oh yeah. Now, this is another song. It's called Stellar. This is the yeah. other big. Well, there was three big radio hits off of this album. Okay. And Stellar is this. This may be one of my most favorite songs ever. I just love that. Everybody has heard this song. Drive is the name of this song. I said I'd listen to every mm-hmm. album song on this album, and I do. But every once in a while, I'm in the mood to rock. I'm not in the mood to yeah. lay back. So I'll I'll skip this. I like yeah. this song. The guy's vocals are beautiful. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll yeah. skip it. And I don't mean to infer that, that every time I listen to music, I have to listen to track one through track right. ten and cannot vary. And I'm I'm not that OCD. You were talking but. about Chris, their DJ, Chris Kilmore. Okay. There's a song on here called Battlestar Skrelachtica. Skrelachtica. That's hard to pronounce. It's a three-way DJ yes. battle between him and yeah. two other guys that oh, cool. whose names have escaped me. But okay. they're, they're well known in the DJ community. Yeah. And this is just three and a half, three, almost four minutes of, of just and I, I love this cutting song. and scratching. And I wonder if they got this uh, sample from Money Mark. I don't know. So great. Here comes a, here comes a scratching. Word. It's, <laughs> it's, let me play a couple other... Back in the 70s, it was Neil Peart uh, and YYZ. Uh, in 2000, it's Battlestar Skrlachtica. Mike Einzinger. I think that's how you say his last okay. name. Einzinger. He's one of the most underrated uh, guitar players ever. Um, you said the See. album with the acronym. The album yes. before this is called Science. Science! And it is amazing. It's just as it's just as good as this. But if I had to take one to a desert island, I would take this. One. <laughs> Fair enough. Incubus, they've had they're very prolific. I mean, they've had like ten albums out now. They've had yeah. their newest one is called "If Not Now When." It's quite a departure. Let me just say that. Uh, I was. You've said that um, I felt, you said that you struggled with it a tiny bit. I did not a tiny bit when I first heard it. Okay, it was like completely mellow and it was very sonic really? and lush and just okay. was not rock at all. Yeah. I think I mentioned this before, but uh, with me, um, one of the things I've noticed about myself, and this is something I started noticing about 20-some uh, odd years ago, is that the more I like an album the first time I hear it, the more it just grabs me and, you know, in kind of that pop song kind of way, the less I'm likely to appreciate it long term. If I listen to an album, and this just happened to me just a couple months ago, um, I listen to an album and I think, yeah, I get it. I mean, it, it's it's well done. It's like, yeah, it's okay. It's, it's all right. Chances are much greater that for the rest of my life I'm going to dig that album because it's going to grow on me the first four or five times I hear it, and then I'll finally get to the point where, okay, now I get it. Yeah, no, and, I agree. Agree totally. That's happened to me, and I think that I think that's happening with their with their newest one. Okay, uh, it's not. Yeah, it is not this at all. Right. That's interesting. I mean, it is it is 
a different sound. A diff- it's a departure. But the guy's voice is the same. Yeah. It still sounds great. Uh, Incubus. I've seen him three times, I think. Um, you took me to see him one time, yep. and it was awesome. I'm going to take Ashley to see him in September for her cool. 17th birthday. Really? Yeah, awesome. they're coming to Dallas. So, And she loves Incubus also. Good for her. Smart kid. Make Yourself from yeah. 1999. That's, uh, God, I hey, love who's that the guy on the so much. Who's the guy on the cover of Science? Well, is it one of the band members? We don't know exactly okay. who it is, but he's, he's known as Chuck. Okay, he and looks he, very happy. He actually appears mm-hmm. in the video for uh, Pardon Me. Really? Yeah. I did not know and that. They made him up to look like an older Brandon Boyd. Okay. So I'm wondering. That's well, the lead want, singer of uh, yeah. Boys and Girls. I'm wondering if that's, mm-hmm. is that Brandon Boyd's father, like in real life? Or is that Brandon Boyd himself? No, it's, you can tell it's it's a real person. Okay. But um, they're similar looking. Maybe they're related. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, Incubus yeah. is, I just love him so much. If you don't like Incubus, uh, go be a communist somewhere. That That's my fifth album and i have one more and the the one more is the Mm -hmm. the bit of indulgence because it's fantastic it's the newest okay album that's less than six months old my next two albums are not indulgent um at least not for me um my next uh album (coughs) i come from a long line of people okay well it's just me who um i've always been a fan of uh british music and maybe it's because i am in fact british but um, I just You're I like British. I like British sensibilities. My uh, mom's dad's name was BB. It doesn't get much more British than that. Okay, so, so. I thought you were Scottish. I am no or I'm, Irish. I'm Irish, British, and German. You know, I've been watching the uh, mm-hmm. the English version of The Office lately. Oh yes, your face. Had you ever seen it before? No, I hadn't. Okay, pretty awesome stuff, huh? It's to me. I can totally see where they got the American version from. Yeah. And some of those episodes have been virtually transcribed uh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. English to English, mm-hmm. if you will. But, yeah. um, <laughs> the transcribed from British to American, right? To British to American. <laughs> it's, um, if you like the office, you'll like that. It's hard to understand sometimes because yes. sometimes our accents are a little thick for me. Right. Uh, it's, it's good fun. I like it. That's cool, man. Um, um, my next album, uh, I have always had a soft spot in my uh, in my little brain pan for uh, what you might call shoegazer music. Um, ah. It's, it's uh, kind of clashing, cooperating guitars. Uh, again, um, uh, a theme that I've noticed for myself, other than really other than uh, Steely Dan, and even Steely Dan is known for um, you know minor chord changes and whatnot. But dissonance seems to be a common theme to me. I've actually learned a couple things out about myself, or stuff I probably already knew, but I was actually able to crystallize it into a couple of words. And Would this album be listened to by kids with lots of eye makeup and spiky hair? Oh, almost certainly not, just because okay. this band was never popular enough. Okay. Um, I had They came through Deep Ellum uh, one time, I don't know, was it 15, 20 years ago, and I thought... That's great, and I've been kicking myself ever since. Um, I'm just going to go and play this song. I'm going to have to tell you who it is uh, once we get into it, because there's no way you're going to know who this is. Okay, but this is an album you'd listen to over and over again. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Who is it? Oh, I love this. Who is it? Oh, my gosh. This is another one of those where I had a hard time picking between their first two albums. Yeah. Um, the band? Swerve Driver. I've actually what heard of them. great name for a band. I've actually heard of them. One of my favorite band names ever, Swerve Driver. Swerve, How great I've, is that? I've heard of them. I think, um, actually, I've heard of them from a college uh, suite mate. Awesome. Not a roommate, but a suite mate. Yeah, you know, I know Two rooms joined yeah. by a bathroom. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, his name was Chris dis- Ice. His last name discussions. was Ice. Oh, I want that last name. My life would be so much easier if I had a three-letter last name. Um, but this is off their second album, Mezcal Head. And, okay. Well... It, it, their, their first album uh, is called Rise, and it is also amazing. I, I uh, The first song takes about a minute to build up, and um, um, it's just it's just amazing. Okay, let me. we're not going to play this whole thing, but this is how the album starts. And it takes, it's playing right now. It literally takes that long. Okay. It does this and spins almost a minute building up into the song see i so it makes you wait for it the first album rises the same thing with this song uh, called uh, arc flyer i'm not a fan when bands do this just jump right into it please or give yeah. me i don't need a minute of this yeah. you know what i mean well, okay we're, we're now 30 seconds in mark so maybe that's a little long it felt like a minute <laughs> I do like what I'm hearing, though. So it's it's dueling guitars, it's dissonance, it's uh, the, the the term shoegazer comes from basically just kind of producing noise. Uh, one of the first shoegazer bands that that got the label. Uh, was My Bloody Valentine. There was a lot of stuff out around that time in the early 90s um, that uh, that got that label for good reason. The idea that you're kind of maybe you're a little Meryl Stoney or something like that. You're basically looking at your, sh- you know, you're looking at your shoes. You're not looking at the audience. You're just making a bunch of noise and hence the term shoegazer. Gotcha. Anyway, so good, good, good stuff. And, and it's not all just complete dissonance. They do have they do have some stuff that's... I'll play just a few seconds of this. Okay. This song is 11 minutes and 49 seconds long, which I love. <laughs> I've always been a sucker for the epic song. Yeah, there's something about a song that just goes on and on that doesn't get old. Yeah. You know? And this song um, this song does, it switches about halfway through. It doesn't become a different song, but it totally switches tacks and becomes... Whereas this is kind of driving and upbeat and, and kind of kind of kind of happy, yeah. You know, major chords right. for the most part. Again, the, the second guitar is very dissonant, but the song itself is is very kind of major and and, and positive and stuff. And the second half of the song um, doesn't become the opposite, but it slows down a lot. Um, it, it's it's basically it's kind of shifting from fifth down to second gear. Right. All of it's just a big downshift. And let's see. So anyway, um, so m- mad props, mad props to the great Swerve Driver. Let's see. Yeah, and then it downshifts into this. Do they? Do and it kind of does this for the next six and a half. Do minutes. they have any recent music? At you know, all? I'm a I'm I'm a bad person. I I have not checked to see if they've got anything out there. Um, um, 
in I'm years gonna look now. On, uh, I'm going to look on Amazon right now. Cool. Oops. And this is a great... Um, I consider this to be a great... Um, uh, this is good driving music. All I see is Mezcal Head and Rays. Yeah. They're, they put out a third album, which Ejector I have been looking reservation. for. That may be it. Um, 99th, no, 99th, 99th, Dream. 99th Dream. Okay, that was their third album, I believe. That, much like you're talking about with Incubus, that was a major departure sonically for Swerve Driver. It became more about the hook. It became much more a British pop gotcha. sound than than this very kind of dissonant shoegazery type stuff. Their songs became more compact, uh, more tight. Um, they had uh, more... Of the, the idea was there was more of a hook to them and um, just just good stuff. I've got... Uh, um, when I first moved down here and was falling in love with these guys, I went to a place called RPM Records. Yeah. And uh, they, had, um, they had wonderful, magnificent amounts of imports. And I've got... I've got uh, three, I guess it's just three, um, imported uh, CD singles that have a couple of songs on them a piece. Uh, very much like the uh, the Foo Fighters uh, CD singles where you've got two or three songs that were, that were not on the album mm-hmm. to go along with the, you know, the hit and, you know, possibly a, a B-side. Good stuff. Swerve Driver will treat you nicely. So be nice to Swerve Driver and they'll be nice to you. Cool. Yeah. Well, my sixth album, and funny you should mention the Foo Fighters. Really? The Foo Fighters. Why would that be, Brad? The Foo Fighters <laughs> have become one of my favorite bands ever. I get it. And here's the thing. It's only their newest album that has made it to my top six. Okay. This album came out. Three months ago, man, that, that first single is three months just ago. Electric. Uh, here, I'll play. It's called Rope. I'll play part of it. Yeah, if you don't love this song, you are a communist. Dave Grohl has one of the best rock and roll voices ever. Oh, well, and almost perfect sensibilities too. Oh, yeah, and he's a he's a nice guy. Yeah, Let's, here's. A- That's their first. Uh, I listened to Low um, just a couple days ago. It was part of that um, that great mix of uh, unregistered music I had on my yeah. uh, my my thumb drive. And it came up, and I'm just sitting there thinking, this is a perfectly constructed rock song. Mm-hmm. Because it makes you wait for it, makes you wait for it. You think, okay, now the chorus is coming, and nope, they go back to the, uh, yep. you know, Listen just to- so awesome. This is how the album opens. Okay. It's 
two guitars. Yeah. Three, three. guitars. Bringing the bass. This album, okay. Let me explain. <sighs> let me explain why I put this on my top six of all time. Okay. You say, Brad, how could you? It's only three months old. But how Brad, could this you, possibly? Yes. Be in your top six of all time. You have to have the perspective that time gives you. You can't possibly enjoy a recent album. There's not a. There's not a track on this album. Yes. That I don't care for. Okay. All of the other Foo Fighters albums, there are two or three. Yeah. Four okay. tracks on those albums All right. that I'll just skip. The Foo Fighters have an amazing okay. catalog. Right. And each album has some amazing music on it. But not until this album okay. has there been a Foo Fighters album where every song sucks me in. Okay. There's, there's variety. Uh, for instance, this song is called White Limo. Lemmy, yeah, Motorhead, yeah, he's on this. He's in this video. Yeah, he's, he's the limo driver. Needs. He's the limo driver. Sweet. And he's I, the limo driver. That's so. I awesome. can't understand a word Dave says in this song, which is part of the greatness of it. I have no idea what he's saying at all. <laughs> you don't need to. No. Um, but like I said, there's there's not one song on this album that I won't listen to. And I love the Foo Fighters. I've seen them once. I want to go see them you again. Should. I'm considering getting my first tattoo ever. Really? Yes. And what it would be would be Shocking. the simple FF logo. You know the stylized FF logo okay. that they have? Yeah. Just the, the cursive letters F that are kind of joined together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, just getting that. Hmm. I think he said limo there. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let me play a couple of other tracks. The guy, they recently had a, um, a documentary come out called Foo Fighters Back and Forth. Okay. Which is one of the songs on this album but it covered their entire career yeah and uh i i've always liked him but i've come to respect the man okay. as a as a human being cool it's just an amazing guy it's always easier when you can do that um i uh you know their first album was full of meaty hits and singles and was almost poppy in its own yeah. way uh the second album the color and the shape is the album that first kind of grabbed me by the stones and pulled me in my favorite foo mm-hmm. fighter song is on that album Really? Yeah. Let me search in my... And I love the fact that they use the, the British spelling of color yeah. with the U. That wasn't lost on me. Okay. I found... I just, I just love this song. I just want to hear a little bit of it. I think we can do that. I don't think we're in a hurry. No.
That's nice. If you want a really nice, comprehensive history lesson on these guys, you need to watch that documentary. Yeah. Foo Fighters Back and Forth. It talks about Nirvana. Okay. It talks about the different turnover in the band, the Foo yeah. Fighters band itself. You know, they were they were four people, and then they were three, and then they were yeah. a different four, and then they were five, and then it's just... Who has, who has been constant in that band? Dave Grohl. Yeah, of course. Uh, and Nate. Okay. Can't remember his last name. The right. bass player. Okay. Their current drummer. We know they've gone through drummers. Who's their well, Taylor? Is he their Taylor, drummer? Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins has been the, the drummer the longest, and he okay. was playing with Alanis Morissette. Wow. When um, okay, you mentioned the color and the shape. Yes. This I is certainly this do. is this is my favorite Foo Fighters. Oh, song nice. Yeah. Ever. There's a, a guy named I think his name is Charlie. Okay. Or what was he? No, it was William. Uh, the drummer's name was William, and they recorded this whole album. Okay. And Dave, with William as a drummer, and Dave went back song by song. And see, I, I love that. That's, that's almost a very, almost a very British um, uh, kind of Manchester beat yeah. going on there. Just that that ride in the hi hat like that. So great. On this album, Dave went back. And they re-recorded each song again, and he did the drums. Really? And so when this album was released, yeah, this album came out, and William heard it, and he was like, "That doesn't that's, sound that doesn't sound like, like me. me." And they let him go because it just he, he just couldn't. He was a good drummer, Dave said, but he yeah. couldn't give Dave what he needed. Huh? Then they got Taylor wow. Hawkins, and the dude's amazing. Yeah. Um. Wow. And. There was a fourth member of Nirvana for a little bit. Okay. His name was Pat Smear. <laughs> okay, wait. Wait a minute. He was from um he was from a, a Los Angeles punk band. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. I can't remember the name. It's oh, in the documentary. You're killing me. All right. He was in Nirvana like on tour, he would tour with them. And that's Pat Smear like Patrick, by yes. the way, people. Yes. And <sighs> he Dave Dave recorded his first that first CD, that first cassette, basically, okay. by himself, doing wow. all the parts. Then he got signed, and yeah. he realized, I need a band to yeah, perform okay. this. <laughs> so he got Pat, and he okay. got uh, Nate, his longtime friend, to play bass. Right. And um, I can't remember who was drumming at that time. I think it might have been William. Okay. I can't remember. But anyway, Pat has been a part of the band then he left then he's part of the band then he left now he's part of the band again okay so there's been a lot of wow. turnover and this documentary is really cool how they how they go through all that but anyway that newest album it's called wasting light like i said i love all their stuff but most of their albums i won't listen through straight through okay i'll listen to most of them but i'll skip plenty but mm. wasting light i won't i won't skip at all this song is from wasting light it's called i should have known and in it, Dave talks about relationships and experiences in his life that he should have known better. Yeah. And one of these, one of the, can't, can't put into words what I'm trying to say. The, the, 
bass player from Nirvana, Chris Novoselic. You can do it, little Nikki. Thank you. Uh, came in and played on this album. I'm, I'm sorry, okay. on this track. Really? Yeah, is it, I'm a, sorry, is this Wasting Light? Yes. Oh, sweet, because yeah. I've been wondering what's happened to Chris oh, for yes, quite Chris. a while now. By the way, Butch Vig, who produced yeah. Nevermind, right. produced this album. He produced Wasting Light? Yes, he did. Holy and cow. this album was recorded on okay. tape. was not recorded digitally. Really? It was mixed okay. digitally, but it was recorded on a one-inch... Yeah. And that guy's uh, two yeah. inch tape machine. This doesn't mean it was recorded on a cassette tape, people. This means no. it was recorded on probably a twenty four track uh, yeah. one inch tape. Yeah, two inches really, because I got Could a, be two inch, inch and yeah. a half. I got yeah. when you bought this album, they mm-hmm. included part of the master really? recording. So I got an actual piece of the. Oh, you know, sweet. they told me. It, who knows? It might not be. How the, great would it be if you if you could listen to that? Yeah. Yep. Hey, boop, yep. Yep. <laughs> real quick. Let me see if I can. Get in here and find the, the part where Chris plays, and you can so tell awesome. if you know it's yeah. If you know it's him playing, yeah. When you hear it, you go, "Oh yeah, I can tell." Oh yeah. There he is right there. It sounds like Nirvana's bass. Oh yeah, definitely his. I don't remember what kind of bass uh, Novoselic played, but. Uh, it always had that nice kind of Getty Lee Rickenbackery sound. Yeah. That just very yeah. I don't even know how to describe that, but it's just It's fat. Just yeah. It's, it's a just, fat, thick, meaty sound. Yeah. Well, well that, you can you can hear the strings vibrating. Yeah. You know, it's not just a tone. I mean I mean you can you can see his thumb, you know, or his, his you can see him pulling those strings. This is how the album closes out. It's called Walk. Okay. And this song was in the in the Thor movie. Okay. And it was appropriate because Thor, you know, gets banished to Earth and he has right. to learn how to do things, learn a new way okay. of doing things. And this is during the, the music video where Thor's getting used to Earth. I mean, he, he well, like, he's moving into his new apartment and yes, then he and part. the roomie, they're painting the walls. Then one of them gets some paint on the other accidentally and they start laughing yes. and they start whipping those paintbrushes at each other. And next thing you know, it's just a big mess in there. Yeah, and that's that part. And then they're, they're on the beanbag, you know, arm in part. arm, laughing. Having a snapple. That was my favorite part. You actually hear it when um, the research assistant, the man. Yeah. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård. St- yes, thank you. Skarsgård yes, takes him to a bar and they have a drink. Okay. This is playing on the jukebox in the background. Okay. And then when the movie ends and the credits start, ah, this plays in full. It comes but, in again. Yeah. Anyway, That's fantastic. I realize, you know, a three-month-old album yeah. maybe shouldn't technically qualify. You know, I... I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting any kind of restrictions on that. You know, there, you you've explained yourself very well. And there hasn't been an album that, yeah, that has affected me. Okay, like this. This soon. This that's quick. cool. So, that's my reasoning. If you don't like it, too bad. That's cool. Wow. My uh my last album in my my top uh, six is um also recent and by that i mean it's this band's most recent output um i've as i said i'm a lover of all things british um not necessarily a follower of uh oasis or the beatles or something like that but i I like uh i like lots of stuff that comes from the the british isles i I love uh um i love prodigy i liked uh um i even liked uh uh black grape um 
You know, just that whole everything that came out of that Manchester scene um, back in the uh, back in the early '90s was just it was just like heaven to me. Um, and the Prodigy, uh, um, I'm not the Prodigy is not the album that I'm getting ready to play. Although uh, music for the Jilted Generation uh, was definitely one of my honorable mentions. Uh, that was one of the first albums. I um, uh, got a buddy of mine, one of my other music nerd friends, and I said, you have never heard an album that rocks this hard that doesn't have one guitar in it. it was, it's, it's all, it's just, it's British electro pop, basically. And uh, that album turned out to be uh, music for the Jilted Generation, and it was just absolutely transcendent. And I think there are some guitars um, in there throughout. You know, there they were... Uh, very competent musicians, but mostly it was, you know, blah, blah. Okay, I'm rambling. The album that I chose, I, I, I kind of, I look at this album, and I think to myself, this this is one of my favorite albums of all time. And then I kind of shake my head, and I look in the mirror, and I, I, I kind of go, really? But <laughs> I'm sorry. I freaking love these boys. I, I love every album they've done. The, uh, the lead singer of this band. Quit, you're keeping me... You're making me nervous. Who is I'm it? I'm sorry. I do like to ramp Play up. Play a don't song. I? I'm, I'm almost there. Give me 15 more okay. seconds. The lead singer of this band, and he's also, he writes all their music. It's kind of like Frank Black, or there, there are other people, but, um, you know, the the band where one guy writes all the music, This that's this band here. This guy, um, when the brand new heavies gave uh, got rid of their original lead singer, he tried out for them. They rejected him. They went with, uh, they'd gone from a female singer to another female singer. Uh, he wanted to be the singer of the brand new heavies. They said, no, thank you. And uh, he said, well, I will just start my own band. And um, 15 years later, we get something like this. And you've heard this song. dragging it down a little bit here i can't place it oh my goodness this is this is my number one guilty pleasure of all time this is the great band jamiroquai oh of course and i make no apologies for liking them no they're awesome um they're awesome you shouldn't feel bad about it at all. they're awesome musicians i just feel i feel kind of gay no 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 but Not you know all. what but it, but it's a non-apologetic version of that feeling hey no homo right thank you um, this, uh, this song possibly, um, hey, I like Maroon 5. I'm not gay. Eh, good point. Good point. Um, this song, I can't believe this is one of the, uh, songs I'm going to pick, uh, to play, but this song is produced so beautifully. Gosh. I know. 
And right. this is the not closest what thing. Not to, what I we were gonna play. No, it's not. Uh, uh, I'll, pl- I'll play it in a second. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I'm I'm driving to work a couple days ago, and I'm listening to this. I'm listening to this. It's a thumb drive with a folder in it that's just un uncategorized music. It's just it's basically it's a mixtape. And this song comes up like third or fourth, and I am just, I have got goosebumps rippling up and down my arms as I'm doing 70 miles an hour, you know, down I-35, and just, I cannot believe how much I love this song. I like them. So, yeah. And and I could have. Uh, there were at least two or three uh, Jamiroquai albums which could have gone this spot, but honestly, and, and Jamiroquai, this is kind of your Foo Fighters concept. I still have not heard the perfect Foo, uh, the perfect Jamiroquai album. I've still not heard the album that's absolutely solid, rock solid from from beginning to end. Even on this album, there's three at least three tracks on the B side on the second side of the album that I basically skip over. And I don't know. Sometimes it's one of those where you you kind of you're almost saving those for later. You know, you get the you love the the first five songs in the album, and then maybe the last song. And so you skip over songs six, seven, eight, nine. But two years later, you come back and you start listening because you've kind of burned yourself out on the first half exactly. of the album. You start listening to the second half of the album. And you go, these songs are just as this, these songs are, are the best songs of the album. I just didn't realize it. Yeah, there's so. always there's always a song that that I might not enjoy. Yeah listening to as much as the others yeah but when you wait a while and there's um there's one song on here which um uh gosh where are you this is the one jamiroquai song that i know come on yeah can't eat yeah yeah and that song was in so many movies when it came out. It's such a great song, man. I love the disco strings. I mean, I can't, I can't that, think of the song that, that, without seeing Napoleon Dynamite dancing. That bass line that will make you dizzy trying to keep up to. And in the way that, if you're hearing this in stereo, I'm sorry if you're not, that bass line is moving from the left ear to the right ear to the left ear. It's just... And that's one thing I love about these guys is the musicians are so good. And it, it's kind of a bunch of mercenaries. I honestly don't know if J, if JK has kept the same... Um, I don't know if he's kept the same guys the entire way through. Um, because it's his band. It's his music. And, uh, you know, kind of like Dave Grohl, I'm going to guess that he has. A, there's a couple guys that have been in the band the whole time. But again, one of my favorite bands of all time, the only thing I know about them is that JK is the lead singer and he writes their music. I don't know who the, the, the backup guys are. It's crazy, man. Well, I you're tell not you. a real fan if you don't know where no they're way, from and what real, their middle names are. Not a real fan. Yeah. Is this is this the one that has the insane bass line? It better be. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I want to hear it. I think this is it. They didn't listen to lots of Bootsy Collins when he wrote this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And his whole other band. This, Man, 
Yeah. So just just totally great. Uh, yeah. So I think my. That's very good, Sage. It looks awesome. Oh, here you go. fun just imagining myself error facing to this. Oh yeah, of course. It's awesome. So anyway, um, so my uh, my favorite uh, if I can play one more track, I think my yeah. favorite album, or my favorite song off this album has just, without a doubt got to be this. That's a joke, right? Is that the joke you were talking about earlier? Wait, how'd that get in there? Something. Sorry, something went horribly wrong there. It was not, in fact, Island Girl by Elton John. I don't know what happened there. It was it's total. It's just. It's a, it's a boondoggle. I'd uh, I'd ask for that to be edited out if we did that. But uh, hey, you know, we live with our mistakes and we move on. So, uh, so hope you all enjoyed that uh, ten seconds of very tinny Island Girl by Elton John. More than I did, anyway. We are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have we done another hour-long show we're, we're at $1.18. Oh, you're kidding me. No. So We have not done this for 79 minutes. Let's, uh, uh, that's so great. Let's spend the next five minutes, maybe, Okay. just going back and forth with an honorable mention. Very good. Very, and very, What very I'm going to have to do is just basically cycle through my iTunes. Yeah. Well, let me... Because uh, I didn't write any down. Let me hit you with one real quick, okay? Uh, this... This uh, fairly recent album almost made my top five, and I love this uh, without just beyond measure. I don't know what that is. This would be... Is that Jack White? Nah, I, I, I can totally see where you're getting that from. This would be the great LCD sound system. Okay. Now the late great LCD sound system. As the lead singer decided he actually wanted to do something with his life. So, oh, you know, cool. so screw us. I, just, I love the story. He talks about how Daft Punk is playing at his house. and He's in the garage. Because this guy was essentially a DJ. He taught, there's a song, um, he basically goes through his history where he says he was, he was the first, he was the first DJ to spin Daft Punk to the kids down at CBGB. Yeah. That kind of thing. So this guy is, uh, uh, this cat, um, I'm blanking on his name and I'm so sorry because you're so awesome and you deserve to have me know your name. But, um, yeah, he started out as a DJ and turned it into, uh, the great LCD sound system, the late great LCD sound system, and I don't know that that may be my favorite uh, my favorite LCD system song of all time. It's also the first song off their first album, basically. This album definitely belongs in somebody's top six. Yeah, 
And uh, where is it? There it is. It's in there somewhere, man. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Beastie Boys, check your head. Dude, On check your head is on the list, bro. Is it? Oh, my goodness. It's right there. It's actually probably my top 15. Is this, this is my favorite Beastie Boys album. Yeah. This is one where it, it was hard for me to decide, do I like License to Ill better or Check Your Head? Yeah. They have a different sound. Right. But I like them both. What's up? I love this Beastie Boys album. It's just awesome. Well, I mean. You know what the be- one of the if- best things is? Is the Biz versus the Nuge. Nice. The Beatsy That's Biz Marquis and, coming and uh, Ted Nugent <laughs> playing the guitar. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just love it. <sighs> so awesome. So awesome. What's another one from your list? I would uh, love to play um, a song off my favorite album by this band, but I'm going to play this song instead because it's uh, more radio friendly. So deal with it. This uh, stars my second favorite rapper. Like that nice movie bass too. This nice fat bass. I'm just waiting till the. uh, I know we're getting short on time. I want the chorus to hit though. I think I've heard this. You might have. Uh, this also, if you have seen the movie Despicable Me, you've heard this man's yeah. fine work. Okay. Here we go. What I love is a rapper who can craft a pop song like this. It's such this? a beautiful synergy. This is Nerd. Oh, okay. Um, fronted, of course, by Pharrell Williams, the great Pharrell Williams. Well, I just... I've. I've heard a couple of things by Farrell. I've thought, meh, but I've never heard anything by him I didn't like. Cool. Um, but my favorite album uh, by Nerd is their first one, In Search Of. Um, but it's it's a lot more hard. And, and In Search Of, uh, my favorite album by them, uh, they actually um, they actually did the album twice. They uh, uh, Farrell made his name by uh, remixing stuff for other famous artists. Um, then... Um, they, they kind of said, Hey, let's, let's start a band. Let's do our thing. And, uh, so he got a couple of his buddies and they did make a uh, band and it was awesome. And they released an album called in search of, and it was really good. It had a really kind of a sparse sound, very kind of a feral sound. Um, for some reason they had it ready to release. Um, in fact, many years ago, um, I'll, you know, hopefully the statute of limitations is up off of a uh, P2P uh, file sharing service. I downloaded all the tracks of this album in search of because it was never released in America. <laughs> they they got the album done. They decided they didn't like the way it sounded. And so they they literally took they, they took it. They scrapped it. They started not from scratch. They kept some of the basic tracks, but they brought in a, uh, a group called Spy Mob, which is awesome 
and uh, they beefed it up heavily. Hmm. Um, is there a song I can play? Jeez, um, uh, these songs are—they're not for the faint of heart. Um, let's see. Dun, 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 dun. I could do well. Baby doll is kind of cute, and. Anyway, it does kick in eventually, right? There you go. This song is six minutes, 25 seconds long. Again, unlike most rappers, these guys are not afraid to stretch it out. The song takes a while. It's no big deal. He does whatever he wants with it. And it's just what what great musical freedom, you know, Farrell and, guy, and guys like that must have. I just... Man, I'm jealous. I, I, of course, went to school to engineer albums, so I have dreams, my dreamy little dreams of doing stuff like this for a living. But that's yeah, cool. My the, the, path, the path I'm on, I'm content with, and life is all right. So anyway, um, so that's the one. A lot of the songs on the album are a lot harder, a lot crunchier, um, a lot uh, meaner. Uh, not mean. The guys aren't. Uh, we were talking in the last episode how uh, we both, I think, kind of kind of felt that uh when rap started getting really dangerous and kind of misogynistic and you know you know no respect for no respect for the ladies and and you know i still to this day find it interesting that that uh a rapper can sing about how much he loves you girl on one song and then you know you know line them up in the bathroom on the next or whatever you know right. no, uh, i just you know i i just I, I find that an interesting contradiction and i generally don't buy it you know because uh you can you can say oh i love you girl all you want but if your next song is not very nice uh on the surface then i'm going to assume that's probably more you know that's probably more the speed you, you work at well i would be remiss yes if, if uh if i didn't Mm-hmm. Uh, say that Prince's early career was yeah. very much like that. Was it? Very much like that. Okay. Well, I mean, his songs were extremely suggestive. I mean, you know, well, Little was, Red Corvette and, and stuff was, like that. You know, there's songs that you couldn't play on the radio. Right. Um, there were, you know, one song would be all about God and his faith in God, yeah. and then the next song would be about, okay. you know, uh, a girl and what yeah, he would okay. like to do to that girl. Okay. So there was, he was never on one side of the fence. Okay. You know, recently, yes, he's kind of gone away from the he's gone to the more family friendly side. Okay. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better way to say it. Well, but, I mean, uh, he's, you know, it's he's also what he's in his 50s now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, very much the same type of thing that what you so were talking it's about. It's not that it's a young man's game, but but you do change over time. Sure. Yeah. Clearly. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess just for time's sake, um, I really only have one more song that I'd like to play. Um, isn't it my turn? Oh, it is your turn. Go, go buddy. Mm -hmm. You know that? Oh, baby. Desolation Street. Fascination Street. That's what I was going to say next. The Great Cure. This is one of my favorite bass lines of all time. Oh, yeah. This album is called Disintegration. And it's a dark, depressing litany of woe is me. But I absolutely love this album. That's one thing I've always loved about The Cure. 
Because much like Primus, the bass line is usually the driver of the melody. Yeah. And the guitar, you can hear, in the, is kind of in the background, kind of noodling. It's yep. supporting. But, man, we uh, when I was in college, we had, uh, uh, we had a basement, and we had a bass and a drum kit and a vocal stack, and sometimes people bring over other instruments. We just kind of... When we had nothing better to do, we'd go down there and just mess around. This is my favorite bass line to play. Yeah, that's fun. Of all time. It's fun. Here it is. I love this. You know, I can understand why somebody wouldn't like The Cure because the guy's whiny voice. Yeah. I totally get it. It's the Getty Lee theory, huh? There's something about the imagine, the uh, atmosphere of a cure song that that oh just my gosh does it for me and this is um uh by a mile it's my favorite cure album oh yeah definitely yeah definitely. With, with all apologies to you know the 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 half dozen or more albums that came before this i just to me this is where they really landed this was their eighth album wow can you believe that yeah kiss me kiss me kiss me is another great one yeah and that came right before this right yes it okay. was the one previous to yes. this what was your? That's the one. Why can't I be you? <laughs> Great song. Now, as long as we're dealing with uh, British, uh, um, British fun music. Ah, tears. This is one of my. This song prompted one of my favorite tweets that I've ever done. And I will not apologize. I don't love everything Tears Fears has ever done. I don't think The Hurting is a terribly strong album. There's probably about half of this album I could kind of take or leave. But, man, this song, I just, I love this song. And Tears for Fears gets an honorable mention just because of this one song. And it's just, you know, that whole that whole Beatles thing where the, the song shifts gears three or four times and it's just immaculately produced. And again, this this glorious, gorgeous song is six minutes and nineteen seconds long. See, I'm already tired of this song. This is Are one you? of the yeah. This is one of the songs I'd be like, "All right, next." Okay, fair enough. And this is one of those where I just yeah, I put the headphones on and I just sink into it. And it's 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 very Steely Danish in that the production is so precise and so polished and so you know it's just you know. Every time you listen to it, you can pick up new little elements of the song in the background. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Like you, I have thirty more albums I oh, could yeah. mention, but I mean, I'm I just, wondering. One of them caught my eye. Okay. I think we should wrap it up after this. Okay. I wouldn't mind just just verbally saying some of my favorite albums after this without the okay. time waste of. Uh, then I'll do that with this. Okay. Cool. With this, um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. But of course, just for me. Um, to back, awesome. The Uplift Mofo Party Plan is on my list. Oh, is it? Okay. And Blood That's Sugar an Sex Magic one. is a great album. Uh, Uplift Mofo Party Plan was the, the album that directly preceded it. It was at the end of that album that uh, the, uh, the the late great Hillel Slovak uh, died of a, of a drug overdose, and they had to retool, you know, the band's concept. Um, with uh, 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 they also lost their drummer. Uh, Jack Irons said, "I'm out of here," hmm. and all of a sudden it was just Anthony Kiedis and Flea. And that's when they brought in um, John Frusciante, John Frusciante mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Adam Smith. What's Chad the drummer? Smith. Chad Smith. Mm -hmm. That's when they brought in those two guys and came back with a magnificent. No, I'm, wait a minute. 
My bad. I'm one album ahead of myself. Mother's that came Milk. Out Mother's Milk, then Blood Sugar Sex Magic. But you know what I mean? I mean, the, the, the sound of their music was so different from their first three albums uh, to Mother's Milk and then Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And man, I love Mother's Milk. That is a great album. Yeah, I was just trying to call it up real Mag- quick. Magic Johnson. The, the is cover. that your favorite? That may be. Even though I, I, I can't take uh, the Lakers, but this song is undeniable. You know what I like is this one here. I like this one. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Mother's Milk and Flea is just an amazing bass player. I know. I just I, I God, I love that. I am so with you. Um, I mean, there there are obvious albums uh, like Animals by Pink Floyd and uh, Physical Graffiti by Zeppelin that that should get honorable mention. Um, I've already mentioned music of the jilted generation, which absolutely is there. Um, uh, one of my favorite albums of all time that came close to making the cut was the cult's love. Mm, And I wish I had time to play some music from it. That's a very good one. While I was down in Florida, I found an import version of it, which has two extra songs on and a lyric sheet, which was never included in the uh, domestic release. Uh, it's actually, I've got a beggar's banquet version of love. It was released on sire here in America. Cool. And, um, man, I just, you know, Phoenix and, and just, you know, every song on that. Hollow Man, man, every song on that album is just tremendous. I'm going to put Dookie by Green Day. Cool. That album is just incredible. I love it. I you love just it. go back and forth. You name one, I'll name one. Very good. Um, how about Discipline by King Crimson? That album got me through some college days, too. I actually don't know. You all should take notes out there if you want to be as, as nerdy and awesome as Brad and myself. Um the call they had a yeah i know a great album i'm mm-hmm. it's so hard for me to pick but if i had to pick one i would pick um let the day begin yeah i yeah. love that album that i is like a, the i like the previous two albums too but oh my gosh well let album. the day begin is just one of those perfect pop songs oh yeah it's just it's great um my next one i think <laughs> um give me uh give me daydream nation by sonic youth okay that's just it's just one of my favorite albums, uh, uh, Candle, uh, track 10 off that album. I'm doing this by memory, by the way. Go as research it. As long as you it. can give me Pyromania by Def Leppard. I will give you Pyromania by Def Leppard if you will give me Evolver by 311. Oh, that How album crazy is so is good. That? that album is so good. <laughs> I, lo- I absolutely love that album. Yeah. Um, another album that, that came so close, much like uh, Cult Love, came so close to making my list was uh girls against boys house of gbsb i never heard of that um god dang it do we have time for me to play just no, a we're tiny not, snippet? no okay because right. we're we're okay. just going through go research it people this is good stuff speaking of dissonant music these guys were from the midwest from cincinnati and they had a really really weird sensibilities uh kind of guttural vocals and not not you know not that kind of stuff good stuff um I think it's their first album. Okay. By Hoobastank. Mm, really? Called Hoobastank. Okay. They have that song Crawling in the Dark. It was eponymous. Oh my gosh, that's so that's, such a good album. That's I awesome. wore that album out. <laughs> I literally had to buy another cassette. Wow. Yeah. That's greatness. I had um uh, uh I I do like hip hop, but like many genres I, I cherry pick and uh probably one of my other favorite um uh artists uh were out about the same time as uh triple quest 
um, give me some far side. And I had a hard time picking between. Is that P-H-A-R? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I had a hard time picking between their first major release, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, or Lab Cabin California. And I chose Lab Cabin California to put on my honorable mention list. It's got some It's got some songs that you absolutely have heard. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that album is strong from beginning to end. I like uh, Matchbox 20's first album. Interesting. Uh, uh, yourself or someone like you. Okay. It was that got me through a really dark period in uh, my divorce. Actually, cool. No, not my divorce. My separation. Okay. That would that preceded my divorce by a few years. Yeah. But um, uh, that's just it's radio, um, it's radio fodder. But uh, it just it speaks to me, so I liked it. Um. This also, yet another album that came so close to making my top five, and maybe I should have come up with the top ten. If so, Repeater by Fugazi might have gone in there. Metallica by Metallica. Okay. Inner Sandman. Fair enough. How about uh, Nothing to Fear by Oingo Boingo? That's a good one. I like that one. We've already mentioned Thriller and Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. Yep. I have not mentioned um, Signals or Moving Pictures by Rush and... That that you know, signals I can listen to that I over like and Rush. over again. I want to like Rush, but there's something about it that just I don't know, man. There's just I got to rather listen to Ten by Pearl Jam. I have I know a hard not related in any way whatsoever, hey, but that's just a great dude. Album. That is a great album. I, I would never I would never take points off your uh, off your test for uh, putting that on there. Um, for me, um, I totally get it. And you know what? I have not been interested in a Rush album, in a new Rush album, in probably 15 years. And, and it, it's kind of a drag because I want to like their new stuff as much as I used to like their old stuff. And even their old stuff, I bought a copy of uh, Hemispheres on CD uh, from Half Price Books not long ago. And thought, this is great. This used to be maybe one of my favorite albums of all time. And I listened to it and I said, yeah, yeah it's okay. It's, uh, it's a little ponderous. It's a bit, uh, bit, bit high and mighty. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm just not likely to listen to it anytime soon. I'm going to say Document from R.E.M. Okay, I get that. It's the end of the world as we know it. Um, this one goes out to the one, uh, the oh, one yeah. I love. Well, that's got it's the end of the world as we know it, yeah, and I, I feel fine. That. I just said that. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. You were looking at your list. That's I was okay. looking at my list. I, was, I wasn't paying attention. Um, I uh, promised I wouldn't do this, but I've actually got uh, a second cult album on my list, oh, Electric. Okay. Because let's face it, Love and Electric are almost two different bands. Yeah. Same Ian Asbury, Billy Duffy uh, combo, but, but Rick Rubin uh, produced uh, Electric. And if you've ever heard it, I've got uh, something called The Manor Sessions, which has got some versions of Electric songs that were produced in the style by the same production team that did Love. And it's pretty amazing uh, how different they sound uh, when not produced by Rick Rubin. Because that was the whole thing about Rick Rubin when Electric came out that makes it still so damn listenable today. Well, he's got he, such a style. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He stripped it down, and mm-hmm. it totally became just a, you know, it was almost ACDC-like in his simplicity, and, man, it totally worked for them. And then they let Bob Rock uh, they let Bob Rock in for their next album, Sonic Temple, 
And I still think the first uh, the first half of Sonic Temple is great, and they absolutely fell off a cliff and never recovered from that point. I just found moving pictures on my iPod. Really? I have, yes. You're a good the, man. I have the whole album. Go listen to Camera Eye on the way home. You'll uh, you'll thank yourself. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Raising Hell from Run DMC. Nice. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Louder Than Love by Soundgarden. That was their first major release. Bad Motorfinger came out after that, and then uh, Super Unknown came out after that, and then Down on the Upside came out after that, and the rest is history. School and aren't they fish. getting back together? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, dude, that's not unfortunately. Not for me. When Soundgarden broke up, yeah. I was foolish enough to believe that I wouldn't be, have to listen to Chris Cornell sing anything <laughs> else, and then he formed Audio Slave. Okay. And see, I've never, I've never given Audio Slave uh, uh, at the time of yeah. day, not because I don't like him, because... I thought Rage is pretty good too, um, and on paper that marriage should totally work for me. I've just I've never owned an Audio Slave album, so forget me. Um, I like um, Synchronicity. Um, oh, good by the police. God, yes, that's just an amazing. And, and I was having a very hard time trying to figure the the police, much like Queen. Uh, we talked about in the first episode. The police are a magnificent example of. I wouldn't put any one of their albums in my top five, but their catalog they're so undeniably great um because synchronicity you know is awesome but you know if i never hear king of pain again i, I won't yeah. miss it um you know walking in her footsteps great um love that song. and of course synchronicity has mother on it so you know if I that hate, doesn't absolutely hate that song i hate, <laughs> it, hate, I'm it, kidding. hate it but synchronicity one is one of the greatest oh, yeah. songs ever written oh it my is. humble opinion it and, and miss Kredenko, you know the syncopation of miss Kredenko, good stuff um, so, but I, I had regard a blanc, uh, oh, written yeah. down on mine just because yeah. I'm literally sitting there looking at my CDs going, well, Zenyatta Mandata had some of the funnest pop hits on it. You know, Canary Nicole mine and, uh, stuff like, you know, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, ghost machine. Great. But you know, I don't know for me, I had to flip a five sided coin and regard to blanc came up. I'm going to list one more just cause we're out of time. Very good. Um, and I just, dang, I hit my, no, I hit my, um, Son of a nutcracker. Where well, did it go? I, I'm, I'm going to go with one more, though. I could have listed oh, Gary Newman's Warriors, Killing Jokes, Nighttime, uh, Jane's Addiction's Ritual, Delo Habitual. Did. Oh, did That's I slip that in? Yeah. Did I slip that in? I, did I mention uh, L.A. Woman by the Doors, The Nightfly by Donald Fagan? Say one more. What was the last one? Hmm? Um, the Nightfly by Donald Fagan. Oh, okay. Is that, is that, that the it? one you wanted to say hmm? instead of saying the others? No. You uh, said? Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera. Oh, okay. Okay. Third Eye Blind by Third Eye Blind. Sweet. Uh, that the first half of that album just kills me. Have I mentioned Tchaikovsky's Fourth Symphony, uh, done by uh, the uh, Deutsche Symphony Orchestra, available on Deutsche Grammophon? And Rubberneck by the Toadies. Okay, uh, I've got uh, Love and Rockets rules, and See, Earth, Sun, Moon is one of my favorite albums by then. I can't deal with Love and Rockets. They're just too depressing for me. Uh, you know, you've got to give their album, you've got to give their music a chance because it's not. On the surface, it does feel very depressing, but it's not. It's just laconic. It's just slow and taking its sweet time. It's almost like like Adam Hart Mother by Pink Floyd or something. It's just it's weird, man. I've got one album left that I haven't named. Okay. I'm happy about it. Have you got any? 
uh, I like Maroon 5's first album, uh, Songs About Jane. Cool. I'm not trying to get the last word here, so I'll and, go ahead. And, and uh, Vivid by Living Color. Ooh. Holy crap. Cult oh, of Personality. Nice. Dang. When I found out there were a bunch of black guys, I was shocked. Shocked. How do you think they felt when they realized they were in a rock band? I know. And it was a good one. Fantastic. Thank you, Corey Glover and Vernon Reed. Um, the last one I've got on my list, I, somehow we got all the way through it. Um, that does not surprise me. Frank Black and the Catholics, his first solo album. Again, the first six, seven tracks of this album are magnificent. There's a couple throwaway tracks at the end of it, but uh, songs like King and Queen of Siam and uh, I Need Peace and I, I could go on and on about it. You people need to hear Frank Black and the Catholics. I have avoided mentioning any of my greatest hits cds and i okay. will continue to do so very good sir uh but i'm leaving a lot of good bands off i'm with you for me i think any uh, uh i know we got to wrap this up but any did you learn any lessons about yourself while you were uh, coming up with this well, list n- not really okay other than um just that i think as as human beings we need to be tolerant of other people's yeah. tastes and preferences okay and you know we can we can even stretch that back into the comic books we read yeah since this podcast started off talking about comic books just because i don't like grant morrison's stuff you know doesn't mean that you should say i'm an idiot just because you don't like the way john romita jr draws doesn't mean i should call you a dummy you know what i mean yeah so yeah um i'm with you i think what i I think I already knew this about myself, but uh, it kind of crystallized as I was coming up with my favorite albums of all time, that I don't like sad music. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I It's the same thing with weepy drama. You I can know, deal with like, sad music. It's like, I'm not going to watch Grey's Anatomy. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, Sasha, oh my God, I don't know why she did this to herself. Last night, she watched the movie Precious. Oh boy. And I, you literally could not... I mean, everybody's got a price. I, I, I'm not trying to be that big an idiot. But you could not pay me to watch that movie because I don't want, you know, life is weird enough as it is. Life can be can be sad at times. You know, I don't want my media choices, be they, um, you know, TV shows, music, whatever, to increase the amount of sadness that I might possibly feel. Or I don't want them to trigger a bout of sadness that i previously was not feeling i can understand you know it's like for me escapism is escapism escapism should be enjoyable that's why um i have a hard time with um some disney movies a couple of pixar movies don't need to go into um i just you know i i don't want my soul to be crushed by the media i choose to theoretically enjoy I That's totally me. understand. Although that. what's weird totally understand is that. a lot of the books I read, the, a lot of the novels I read are not that way. Um, you guys ever read uh, the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, the Unbeliever? Um, they are not happy books. They are very heavy, and for some reason, it just I. I enjoy reading it. I, I can't explain it. So that's the one place in my life where I kind of get that. Um, I kind of give myself that that exception. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's weird, and I think I'm weird for uh, for realizing it. So no, it's not, that's me. It's not weird. Yeah, it's not weird. Wow. So, I, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. After you, I was gonna say I think it's cool that you know going back to the last episode when we read Frank's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the three of us have very different tastes in you know, general flavors of music. Yeah. You know, I think you can see that we all lean 
one direction and uh i think that's you know that's cool well i mean it just goes to show you that i mean i think that's one reason why the three of us uh i don't know if you want to say we do a good job at this podcast i think now this this couple episode experiment may illustrate why because we are compatible yet different yeah i think we complement each other quite well that's just my opinion i agree yeah I want so to thank the listeners for indulging no doubt. Bill and myself in and letting us do this. And clearly, you know, if you guys want to voicemail us or email us or something or start a, a crazy forum thread. Yeah, go to Forum for Geeks. You know, part of my hope was that this would spur some crazy discussion on the part of you nutty kids out there who are are silly enough and kind enough to listen to us. Um, you know, I don't know. How in the world could you come up with your own top five? It, it, it can't be done. It was difficult. It really was difficult. <laughs> and it would be interesting to, but to it hear was fun from at pe- the same time. I would love to hear someone who said, I got a top five. I had no problem coming up with it, period. <laughs> I would love to hear somebody who was in that vein. Or I got a top seven and that's it, man. That's all. I, there's, there's nobody on my honorable mention list. Yeah. How could that possibly happen? So who knows? Maybe someone out there will have that uh, that thought, and uh, you know, we'll uh, pass that uh, thought along to us. I'm doing the pee pee dance to share with the listener. That means it's time for close music Goodness and gracious. a uh, and uh, a reading from the I don't know what do you call it, the boilerplate. Do you have it? Uh, no, but I can get to it uh, pretty quickly. Get I'm almost there. Forum for geeks. Welcome to Forum for Geeks. Is it? No, it's not it. Uh, Sorry, I'm failing. Uh, it's the half hour wasted, uh, isn't it? Yes. yes. Well, okay. All right. In three, two, one. Hi, I'm Bill McGonnell from Plano, Texas, and you've been listening to Half Hour Wasted, proud member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network. That makes you cool. Please visit the show's website at http colon forward slash forward no, slash content needs need to, to be edited that. out. Halfhourwasted.com to check out blogs, photos, and more. And don't forget to visit the new message board at forumforgeeks.com. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. You can also drop us an individual email at brad, frank, or bill at halfhourwasted.com and follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes podcast, which comes out every Thursday in the same feed. Check out the Walking Dead TV podcast when they come out with the next episode. Keep an eye out for Media Minutes. Keep an eye out for the black box and keep an eye out for out now. And while you're at it, eh, go ahead and visit our sponsor, DCB Service. And remember until next week, he's Bill, that red weird. I'm Brad. And uh, Frank, we love you, brother. And we'll look forward to getting you back in the studio. And maybe we can do a show that's under an hour. Until next time, we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. <laughs>